Well, hello, everyone. Uh, very excited to be here. Another SaaS marketing makeover. We have a big guest for you all today, uh, Kevin Lee. He runs marketing at Buffer. Uh, you may have seen him on social media. He's very active on there. Does a phenomenal job growing Buffer through, I would say, low-cost acquisition type channels and a really unique approach. Um, and I'm just super excited to see. Now, before he gets introduced a little bit more, he asked me, hey, Garrett, can I at least know who's on the wheel? And I had to tell him, I don't actually know what's on the wheel either. So as a friendly reminder to everyone tuning in, we've never seen these companies before. I don't even know the options we're looking at. Um, and we're going to have a great time. Thanks for being here, Kevin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Garrett. This will be fun. Yeah, man. Are you a little nervous? What are you looking are you are you ready? I'm a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. I have a dog in here with me and he uh I left the door cracked for him and he tried to get out and close the door on himself. So he's he's been a good distraction from the stress of what's gonna happen here. So my mind is off of it. I know it's so funny because some of us think on our feet, others like to think through planning, but this is very much impromptu on your feet. So <laughs> as a first step, uh Ryan, can you pull up the wheel? Oof. All right. Okay. Sugar CRM, oh. WP Engine on twenty four. No companies there. Okay. Oh my sugar. God. All right. So we are Sugar CRM. We are going up against the world of HubSpot, Salesforce, and is there anyone else really? Zoho, I guess. Yeah, some big names. This okay. is going to be a challenge for me because we don't do sales, so we don't have CRM software here. So I will have fresh eyes on this. It'll be great. Wait, wait. So you don't even use the CRM software at all. No. Well, how do you, so what do you guys, how do you tie your users in? What are you guys using? So we use mixed panel segments. Um, that's about it. Yeah. We just use it for, for user insights there. I love it. And so how do you, so you get everything from mixed panel into any type of user tracking or is it all in mixed panel and then via segment, does it go back to like a HubSpot or something like that for marketing <laughs> or a Marketo? It doesn't. No, we're pretty lean. Um, we pipe it into customer IO for email marketing and, and we're good to go. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You have such a different approach. I think it's going to be so refreshing to everybody here. Like you can do so much with a lot less than I think people think they can. Yeah. Maybe I'll decide we need sugar CRM by the end of this. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So this is interesting. So a lot of people don't realize this. Um, we did this with exactly back in the day. I'm going to share my screen here. And so we were working with exactly their sales compensation software and we separate, they had already separated some of their products. So it looks like sugar CRM is separated so that they can have multiple market share with their reviews. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I like to go to the three star reviews. I think that's always a good place for us to learn really quickly what people think they're good at and a little bit about their business. And uh, this is the part like we'll probably solve it. Sugar was a good place to help manage customer contact information and possible sales opportunities that were upcoming for both the inside and outside sales team. It was a central database for both teams to reference, so the client relationship was very easy to maintain. Keeping track of who the decision makers are at each company, tracking sales for each client on a quarterly basis, determining what accounts we need to reach out to. So it sounds like a most um, sales CRMs. So let's go to their website, Kevin, and let's see a little bit of what they got going on. We are using a slider format. What's your take on sliders, Kevin? I do not like them. <laughs> why, why, why do you not like them? Expand on that for me. 
Um, well, our data shows that not, not too many people stand the page long enough if it's an auto slider to see what on, is on the other slides, or if they have to manually click, people aren't manually clicking. So maybe Sugar CRM has some different data on their homepage, but generally we think anything past the first slide is lost. Yep, I love that feedback. And my concept on it has always been, I like to do modeling and think about how I'm gathering information. I always felt it was difficult to understand how one slider was performing versus another if they could change. So it was really hard to know what copy was better and why. Yeah, that's um, a great point. Cool, so they also then go market with insight, sell, serve. So um, for those of you y'all who tune in familiar, um, HubSpot has a customer service platform now. Uh, Zendesk actually has sales chat, marketing seems similar. Um, yeah, Salesforce obviously. So yeah. kind of very similar competing platform marketing automation customer experience anything stand out to you so far yeah i've been trying to place it in context to the other crms out there so we've researched crms in the past and i think one of the things yeah. that we care a lot about when we're making that buying decision is brand and how the how the websites look and feel um, yeah. and sugar serum feels like you're on, it's a Salesforce here. Like it's a very different feel in terms of the, the polish and the brand and visual language there. So I don't know how big of a decision maker decision point that is for others, um, but for us that was, you know, a relatively big deal. We wanted to see kind of get to know the company that we're going to be spending so much time with and the products that we're going to be spending so much time inside of. So I think it's an easy aspect to diminish when you're doing resourcing, budget, people conversations, but I do think it matters in the, in the grand scheme of things. I, I couldn't agree more. I think they're definitely, I don't think you could have a safer brand would be, I don't know if that's a nice way to say it, um, yeah. but it's literally as if it's devoid of any type of emotion you could get while looking at this page. Safe is a great word and sometimes safe works. And maybe their data shows safe cells. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I I love seeing like maybe bring the logos up a bit higher on the homepage there, so you can see those more yeah. front and center. Um, it looks like, yeah, exactly. It looks like, and you mentioned this on the G two page that they've split yeah. the business into different units, and so I see they're they're calling that out here. Um, we did a similar thing at Buffer. We split Buffer product into multiple products, and it becomes really hard to. I should say it becomes very easy internally to recognize, oh, we have three distinct products versus a customer's experience on your website. They have no idea that, or, or it matters much less to them that you have three products. They just want to get to know like what is what is sugar, what is buffer. Um, so sometimes it seems more important than it might actually be in the consumer's eyes. It's a lesson that we learned ourselves. A hundred percent. I think one of the things I find so, I guess, interesting is one way to say it is I would never go about trying to take CRM market share remotely like this. And what I mean by remotely like this is, I mean, compete at a features level without a clear differentiation that would get me much better efficiency on my capital or on my strategy. And what I mean by that is like, you talk about buffer, right? Obviously you're a big part of it. What I think buffer, does so well is 
it, it literally lets you get started and engage with it. Do you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like you talk about social proof, you're living it, right? You got to build a full, and then you have kind of two different products, suite right? And analysis and publishing. Mm -hmm. But to me, when you're thinking about what you want to do, it's very easy for you to think about how you want to grow because everything's through self onboarding and everything's still around this ICP, which is a little bit downstream. Is that a fair assessment? Totally. Yeah. We're product like growth all the way. Yep. Now, when I look at sugar and I may or may not have been pitching for their paid media, so I might know a little about them. <laughs> um, they have a large budget for spending, but I would still say they are sales development led and sales led because let's talk about solutions here, I guess. So within solutions, what's your belief on organizing product pages and what do you get from this? Yeah, I mean, I love that it's jobs focused rather than trying to rebrand three different products within Sugar. So I think that's great that they're starting with that. Um, we found we found that this, that a product led approach is really really great for and not that we have sales, but but we've learned that having people in the product helps them convert better over time. I think it helps your sales team if if the person you're talking to already kind of knows a bit about the product or has been able to experience it in a way that's different than a white a white paper or one pager or clicking on the website. I think if you can get them into the product, which HubSpot does this really well, um, which I know they're competing in sugar space, like you can get into HubSpot, you can use HubSpot, you can try it out. Um, there's very little friction. And then you get in touch with, with SDRs and kind of go down the sales pipeline there. So it's interesting. There's different ways you can start, work, different points you can start that sales process. I tend to advocate for pushing it deeper down so you get that product experience up front. So essentially what you're saying is if I go in here and I am curious about how they are going to help me with, let's say, sales automation, you want to be able to just go in and click around and experience for yourself, similar to what Salesforce is saying you could do or HubSpot is saying you could do. Is that what you're trying to say? 100%. Yes. I love a button that says get started now. Sorry now and then literally lets them now I would argue one of those reasons you want to do that is because you've spent so much time at buffer Developing direct traffic as well as organic. Is that a fair assessment? I'm totally biased. Yes <laughs> Yeah, so bad, right, but what I'm trying to say is let's see What they've done right so they got resources here, but not even the blog so the blog doesn't even like this is very interesting, right? So blogs been essentially neutered from the menu Mm-hmm. Yeah, case studies, ebooks, white papers. Is you have very... an opinion on these types of imagery, Kevin? <laughs> um, well, I love a bit more of a, a unique brand style. So maybe some illustrations like you like we have there. Um, some cool stickers. Yeah. How much, what's the resource allocation? So if, you know, Sugar's listening right now, what, what, what should they expect to spend to get our time or resource? How do you guys go about getting a fresh graphic to bring your content to life? Yeah, well, that graphic there, that purple one that you were playing around with, um, I yeah. mean, that took me five seconds to make. <laughs> but um, a lot of it is like putting those systems in place. So we have one marketing designer on our team who does the beautiful illustrations you see on our homepage. And she made a sticker pack for us. So you can pull an unsplash image stick some brand stickers on top of it and you're good to go and you kind of systemize it for the whole team to use so it's a very low lift once you lay the foundation um yeah 
but it has a, has a big impact. Okay, and then you decided to go with multiple publications so that your ideal customer, because you have guys like Joel, right, and yourself who've been really big advocates of making Buffer's culture a, a public record. So you have something dedicated to that, correct? Well, ironically, do you feel like that still has a positive impact on revenue when it's completely siloed from what your product actually accomplishes for the reader? <laughs> it's so far away, yeah. So Buffer's all about remote work, transparency, uh, mission-driven work. And we view it as a brand play. So at the end of the day, we're going to differentiate from Hootsuite and Sprout Social by our brand, by the people who build the product that you're going to use. So we think it's worth it. But in terms of connecting the dots to ROI, it, it is a bit fuzzy. Okay. I was always curious about that. And I love your transparency around it, right? Of like, hey, if I want to go all in on being a mission-driven company, do you see a one-to-one -one correlation between people reading culture posts and deciding that they want a social media tool? You know, yeah. I, I love that concept. Totally. Maybe if we got sugar serum, we could track that from website visit into user and, and back around. Yeah. Um, exactly, right? I, I think it's like what sugar has here. They have, it seems like a pretty solid enterprise sales playbook that they're running. You know, ebooks, white papers, collect leads, nurture them. Um, I think that they might find things are starting to shift in the marketplace and maybe those tactics might, um, might be better off if we do push, you know, the, the sales further down the funnel. So you get people into the product. If you open up more of that content, ungate it so people can experience what you're saying there on a blog format, for instance. So then there's some room to play around with that. I'm sure they're experimenting with it too, but that's kind of the direction I see a lot of other big companies, enterprise companies, at market companies going. Love it. No, I love your point there. Now, here's what I'm thinking, Kevin. What do you need to see here before you can um, take the guardrails off and give me exactly what you think they're going to do and three points you would do if you started in the next 30 days? So before we do that, is there anything else I need to show you on here? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Do I get to hear your yeah. three things too? Oh, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to do it with <laughs> you for sure. Okay. okay. So, let's take a break real quick. So. First impressions, we kind of looked at it. What's the feeling you get that your your recommendations are going to be based on? What's your assumption that your recommendations are going to be based on so that we put a little context around it? My mind goes to differentiation. So how why would I choose sugar over those other the other CRMs out there? How can we bring that onto the page, onto the brand when you're okay. when you got that buying decision? Yeah, my my thought on differentiation is very, very similar, but also people assume bigger is better. I don't believe that to be true, but I believe if I have three tabs open and I'm looking at HubSpot, Salesforce, and Sugar, I immediately assume Salesforce has the best product, HubSpot the second best, and Sugar the third. So that's kind of the context of where I'm going to be putting my recommendations. Uh, I also have four SDRs at Directive that I still like oversee, and then I have a marketing team and then an AE team, right? So I am running a sales dev org, an AE org, and obviously there's directors who are running it, but I'm still managing with the executives those KPIs. So my thought process is also from building, right? Kevin has this insane ability to drive massive amounts of traffic to push self-onboarding. 
And then I've had this very much differentiate and create leverage from sales development approach. And so I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how both of us, I think are gonna still end up somewhere very, very similar on what we would do different. So starting here, Kevin, what's your first big pillar that you would do different day one as CMO at Sugar CRM? Oh boy. If they'll let me, I would yes. I would kick off a product-led growth model. So bring that get started now button onto the homepage. And the underpinnings of that is obviously you need a free free trial or product experience so people can get right in there. And is the underlying hypothesis that if someone couldn't self-onboard to your product, your product's not good enough? Yeah. I mean, in simple form, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Sales shouldn't make up for a lack of product usability. Yeah. Yeah. And it's simple form in 2020. I don't think that's sustainable. So number one, we need to push the free trial. I love that. Number two, what's your thoughts on their content, their positioning, product marketing? Where does your brain go? Yeah, I think if you're going to do that product, product like growth model, if you're going to bring the trial experience more to the forefront, you need to ungate that content, let it let it breathe, open it up, and use that as a demand gen source, as a traffic play. So I imagine there's tons of great stuff there. You know, repurpose it, split it into videos, podcasts, smaller blog posts. Um, like you can do so much with that content foundation and bring it outside of the paywall, outside of the, the email capture, just give it to people for free. I love that, I love that. So we have free trials so that we can get people into our product earlier. So we want our product to sell us, not our people. We can get better revenue per headcount that way, number one. Number two, we need to ungate our content so that using our content creates this, like funnels in. So when you ungate your product content, how do you make sure, Kevin, in your mind, that it doesn't just lead to readers, but also users? Like, what's your take around that? Absolutely, yeah. So you can you, you create the blog in such a way that you're capturing intent there. So whether it's through, um, you can still do an email capture, but not gate the content. So we do that with our email newsletter list, and then you can track those users through their customer journey, how many of those end up becoming, becoming users. Um, you can have some advanced tracking on there, so track it through. We've done it with Mixpanel before. You could use any other analytics tools to see, you know, given a user here, how did their behaviors go over time? Did they end up converting? Did they end up visiting the website? Um, you can kind of build a lot of more data on folks as they touch all these different properties of yours. So there, there's some some great tools to do it, and then some great tactics to do it too. I love that. And is there a reason why you like? So I'm looking at Buffer right now. Is there a reason why you use Start a Free Trial? here and then on your primary menu you use try bit buffer for business is there a reason you choose this segment on different whether it's bottom of funnel or top yeah i think we we are constantly testing the different buttons and so what, what we might be seeing there is just kind of us caught in the middle of some tests and optimizations um but we do find that that try, that try buffer for business that phrasing resonates i think we were talking about this before the call like well we're a B2B company, so Buffer is for business, but we also have a business plan. So like, what's the difference there? But I think that term business captures people in such a way that they might even skip the whole homepage and just go over to the business page to check it out. So we've just seen some good some good traffic and conversion rates with that button in place. I love that. And so you say, I want to do free trials, and I say, well, why don't we do both? What's your take on doing both here? Where Because you're not doing both. Right? You literally have self-onboarding entirely. What's your take on allowing someone who maybe wants a demo because they're an enterprise user? Have you found that to limit buffer in any way? Do you think that's something 
that they should be aware of? What's your take on dual call to actions? Yeah, I think it's okay to go that route. Um, one of the things that we found can be tricky is if you lean too far into enterprise and if you, if you embrace it too much, you end up building for enterprise. Often the solutions that you build for enterprise are not the solutions that the rest of your customer base wants. So you're building something that three people are going to use. They're going to use it at scale, but your other 70,000 people are not going to find it as valuable. And so that's where it gets a bit tricky is like, how much do you embrace that? We have, you can get in touch with us to talk to someone if you want, but we're not actively pursuing that segment or building for that segment. We're building for the, the masses. I love that. I love that. And then what's your last, what's your last pillar, right? So we've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got self onboarding, we've got ungated content. What's, what's that third pillar that, that you think would really help sugar CRM? It's funny. My first one was make it free. My second one was make the content free. So I feel, I feel like I'm going to bankrupt sugar with all my ideas. Um, the third one is to, to focus more on the, the brand and the visual design. Um, bring some of that character out, bring some of that personality out so you can differentiate a little bit there, or at least um, resonate with people when they come to the page. Um, I get that might not be what their personas want today. So, you know, if you shift to more of a, a different model and product like growth or something, you might shift that persona too. This might speak to the enterprise persona. Um, I kind of like a more, a more playful persona out there, a bit more of a, a, a personal one. I love that. I love that. So, all right. Should I go? Should I try? I would love. I don't know if yeah. I can follow up on that, but <laughs> so first thing I want to do is I want to encourage self-identification. So if I'm looking at this on a broader scale, I'm having diminishing marginal returns on increasing my sales development team because they can sell into literally any vertical. So my messaging doesn't get better with every net new send. My forecasting doesn't get better. Um, and in pursuit of the open wide ocean, I'm just getting a little bit of mist on my face. And so I think the first thing I would do if I'm going up against HubSpot and Salesforce is I'm going to pick my most profitable market and try to expand there um, before trying to compete as broadly as they're competing today. So, and if I don't want to do that, and I can't convince the board we should go after one market. I'm going to narrow in my product suite once again, so that I can earn a reputation in one of these things. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. It sounds like differentiation. Yes, 100% on the differentiation side. And then once I know who I'm selling to, I want my copy, my imagery, and my emotional experience to then allow my ideal customer to self-identify. That's like, oh my God, finally a solution just for me exists. I want them to have that like come to Jesus moment on my website that you can't get in this like, we're for everyone for, we're so, so we're for no one current brand positioning that they have today, if that makes sense. Absolutely, um, yeah. The all-in-one is very enticing, but uh, I think when it comes to differentiating and speaking to a specific person, that's super, super powerful. It, it's been, I mean, it's been amazing for Directive, right? We're completely self-funded. I started the company with my business partner with 20 bucks in my pocket straight out of college. And so no debt, no anything. And every time I focused us, I get better return on my capital. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I found that interesting. Number one, number two is decreasing psychological friction. They have so much friction between me and actually working with them that it's scary. Like first name, last name, business email, business phone, title, company name, company size, solution, as well as please email me all at once. Um, 
and I literally don't know when I'm going to get the demo, uh, what happens with the demo, and why. So, I mean, we did everything for Sumo Logic uh, pre-IPO. Here's an example of us doing a lot of what you're talking about, Kevin. Start your free trial today. Value Beautiful. prop of what actually happens if you do. Social proof on the side. Right. This, to me, is a world-class experience. I'm leveraging things like Clearbit Enrichment or Zoom Info Reveal or Clearbit Reveal, whatever that is, like data, like services on the back end to enrich it. Um, no credit card required, like all of this stuff. If you just took this environment right here and put it right here, I bet you would grow leads by 25% in the next 30 days. Brilliant. So that's my first thing. I would, second thing I would do. And then the last thing. I need to have some gusto, some like flag in the sand. I need to make HubSpot and Salesforce the devil. I have to figure out some reason why we are doing something special for the greater good of humanity to save them from a Salesforce HubSpot dominated world. I don't know what that is right now, but I need to do something that start that's like aggressive. I need to like start calling out with like competitor pages why we're better than Salesforce. I need to not pretend like I live in a world where no one thinks I'm the little brother in the corner. Like I need to figure out how to puff my chest out and say we are the best and everyone else is only big because of their funding, is only big because of whatever reason, and they fooled all of you, and here's why. And if I don't get that aggressive, I don't know how I could get traction. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely, yeah. I think what comes to mind is acknowledging that everyone already knows HubSpot and Salesforce. So just come, like, beat them to the punch. What's different about you? I think that's great. Yeah, and to me, if we could do that in its simplest form, it could change the game around like, I think so many small players, like myself included, are always scared of like, well, what if they hear about these other agencies? Instead of controlling the dialogue and be like, yes, everyone has heard of everyone else. Show why you exist, like why the world's better because you exist, not like why your company makes money because there's enough room in the market for a third player, which Absolutely. kind of to me, Sugar CRM's whole thing looks like to me like they're kind of just trying to scrape revenue off the bottom of the market, right? We're going to have the same service lines. We're going to do all the same features and there's room for us and we've got a great business. But I don't know if that's a marketing strategy. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad business. I'm just saying as a marketing strategy, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder what you think of this. So if you think of like Coke and Pepsi, if Pepsi, Pepsi comes out and says, you know, we're the un-Coke or we're the number two, soda brand in, in the States, like owning your place in the market. I think that's an interesting marketing strategy. I don't know if it, uh, if it fits with folks, but like saying, yeah, we're the number two CRM tool out there. That might place you in a certain category in people's minds or, you know, they don't like HubSpot for some reason. If it's cost too much or too much there, they know that, oh, well, this is the alternative to them. I think entirely like the cola brand for people too smart to drink Coke. Like to me, that's a real like yeah. positioning statement that you can build off of the 
we do everything they do, but you've never heard of us? Not quite like, as catchy. <laughs> I don't know, like, at Directive, like, I want to be the largest search marketing in the, agency in the world for SaaS. I want to solve problems that a demand gen manager struggles with. That's it. Like, and if I get that specific, my marketing strategy gets easy. My sales development gets easy. The the operations, my services, like where do I invest? Do I put more money in this service or that service? Really easy. Who do I hire? Really easy. Like the reason I think Buffer, I'm sure, is so delightful to work at is because you have such a singular focus of who you are and who also equally as important you're not, right? Like who you're not is in a culture more important than who you are, in my opinion, because who you are is hard to build. Who you're not, easier to get traction and build resonance around. And so I think you guys have done that so phenomenally well. If I think Sugar CRM is just nervous. And I think if they can go out on a limb and say, this is what we are. This is what we're not. Here's why Salesforce and HubSpot stink. Here's why the world's better because we exist. And they create that, even if they keep their different service lines, even if they force you to do a demo, even if all those things were the same, but they actually like owned their place in the market, I think you could start to change the way inbound drives revenue. Absolutely. Yeah. And to your point about focus, that's such an important piece of brand. And I think that if once you figure out that focus, brand becomes so much easier. That brand story becomes so much clearer. Um, I don't know if you hear my dog in the background. He, he agrees. He found his way out of the room, um, went to bark at something. But um, yeah, I love the idea of focus for so many different parts of marketing. I love it. I love it. So in closing, is there something you want to leave the audience with, Kevin, today that when you see all this, your experience at Buffer, self-onboarding, is there anything that we talked about the three things, but is there anything that people should be aware of if they feel like they're in this, like if they feel like they're sugar CRM, if people are watching this and they feel like they're sugar CRM, where self-onboarding is hard, that it's not part of the ethos of the company, how do they get from what seems frankly a little bit of a legacy digital strategy that Sugar has to maybe of uh, the new guard of like product-led marketing like Buffer. Well, how do people go from one to the other? What does that look like in your mind? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, one of the quotes that I, I try to live by is, give freely because there will always be more. And I think that idea of, of generosity is something that consumers almost are expecting now and consumers i say that consumers but also in the b2b space the end user who's out there looking for for tools to use so being generous with the content that you have with the information that you have with the product experience that you're hoping to create i think that mindset is really useful and then that'll trickle down into the decisions that you make whether it's a free trial whether it's um, a blog with free content whether it's um you know content like this that we're doing together here putting that on on social and things so i think that that mindset becomes really important when you're trying to shift gears i love that i love that the team just shared with me their presentation so the whole time we were talking kevin they built a powerpoint so we're going to share with the audience and then we're going to put a bow on this so show us it's good but could be a little more powerful for the user slider hero image can be difficult to attention of the slides brand seems a little safe is there a way to improve the user experience and the call to action to help the user get started right away Missing element of the product pages where visitors can explore first without being asked to contact sales. Why would we choose Sugar over other brands? There's a missing differentiator that shows the solid why they're the winning option. Opportunity to grow the brand style with imagery and tell their story 
Landing pages are stuck with friction, so let's simplify. I love that. So the three pillars, product-led growth model. This way, people can test around for themselves and get associated with the product. Free trial for the win. Ungate the content and use it as an organic traffic play. Upgrade as well so that content is broken in categories to speak to specific audiences. And then brand, baby. Resonate with the audience and differentiate. How are we doing something that will turn heads away from HubSpot and Salesforce? I think that's a huge question. So let's empower the brand and stay focused on the niche audience. How can we tell a story that stands out over the big competitors to show why they exist? Let our product sell itself to start. Free trials are powerful. And then if it's time to stand out, go out on a limb and show why we deserve our audience's attention. And that, everybody, is a complete makeover. Amazing. Your team rocks. That was a, a, a smoking presentation, too. <laughs> 30 minutes. Ryan and Ashton, shout out from Kevin. Don't steal them, Kevin. They're lovely. I love them. No. <laughs> um, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Uh, how can people follow you online? Yeah, so I'm Kevin Lee, K-E-V-A-N-L-E-E. -E, and that's Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. And my website is www.kevinlee.com. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Kevin. And uh, thank you, everybody, tuning in. That's the SaaS Marketing Makeover for Sugar CRM. Bye, everybody. Thank you.